Well, <laughs> it's, it's been a day. It's been a day. What was that shot? Is that the other camera? Yeah. <laughs> turn that thing off. Yeah. Get over here and unplug that. Turn it off. <laughs> we Guys, we've been having some technical up. difficulties, boy. Some yeah. technical. Nah, even our internet. Look, it's not running good. Yeah, because we're we're feeding off somebody else's Wi-Fi right no, now. No, but that shouldn't be. That should be. That yeah, that's not even running. So I'm feeding off. Are you on it? Are you on? Our no, I'm not. Okay, no, yeah, I was no. I was running off. Well, hey, uh, down welcome the hall. to Self Evident Podcast. <laughs> you guys got Massey. You got Mike. It's been one of those mornings. We should have started at ten. We didn't. We should have started at ten. At, but we we, we didn't. didn't. We we didn't. So guys, go ahead and comment below. Make sure that uh, uh, you guys like and subscribe and all those other things. How are our levels, Isaiah? Sound microphone. Sound good. Does it sound good to everybody? Are they good? You hear Perfect. Us? All right. All right. Cool, guys. Comment below where you're from. Make sure that you guys uh, tune in to more because there's a lot going on that we're not talking about yet. Some behind-the-scenes stuff that we have going on. Guys, we absolutely love when you guys comment and do all these things. So get online, theselfevidenttruth.com. You guys can also be torchbearers, uh, which we love your support. We appreciate your support. Absolutely. We need your support. There's a lot going on uh, that, that we're moving on to. Sorry about all the mess that's going on. I'm not even centered right now. There we go. Yeah, I'm centered on the camera. We apologize. Is, Both of us are distracted. Listen, the look of it is kind of the same, but it's not. We actually had to move offices. So it's been two and a half weeks that we yep. were uh, kind of up. And I say we as in we, dad, dad bod, thank you for commenting, guys. What's going on? Uh, but we have been moving, and guys like Breno and Mike, myself, I put in a couple hours. You know, these guys put in late <laughs> nights. <laughs> I'm busy. I got things to do, you know? Uh, but no, they're really, thank you to these guys, Mike and Breno and, and others. Uh, I came here, we painted, we put up all these things. and But still, with the internet and all these other things that we needed done, it's they put it in yesterday, it's not working. Forgive us. Guys, again. We're going to make we, it. We, we absolutely love We're you. We're going to make Comment it. Comment below where you're from. Make sure that you guys uh, like and subscribe all of the stuff that we're doing here because we need your support. Uh, and we absolutely adore your support. Guys, we got right. a lot going on on the plate today. What do yes. we got going on, Mike? We All right, here we today, go. Because the Wi-Fi and the printer. And I've got it up on my, my computer, so. I got it. Okay, I mean, cool. Kind of. Not really, I've, but I will. I've got the chat, and I've got the, the map. Perfect. So, All right. Do we got five minutes? We ready? <laughs> Game on. Here we go. Number one, the Supreme Court may cancel the administrative state. What? Dude, what? this is this, this is this massive. Would, this would be monumental. Listen, this would be so monumental if this happens. Yes, dude, I'm talking about putting federal government on notice. This is awesome. If I, this happens, I love this. So, in the next term, the Supreme Court may hear a case concerning the SEC and their extrajudicial actions. What a three-letter agency that the Supreme Court is actually saying. Hey, maybe you you went out of line here. A divided U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit found that the two levels of removal protections applying to administrative law judges unconstitutionally shielded them from presidential oversight. The court also held that the SEC proceedings infringed on the Seventh Amendment right to a jury trial and that Congress had unconstitutionally delegated its lawmaking powers to the commission, according to a Ballopedia summary. We've been saying this for years, that all of these three-letter agencies, these bureaucracies, have extra p- 
powers given to them by Congress that Congress should not have been able to give them. They's unconstitutionals. They 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 ain't, they got, ain't following they, the Constitution. They may have color of law, but they ain't got the law. You know what I mean? Boom. So basically, <laughs> these three letter agencies. <laughs> We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or the Breno laugh. <laughs> uh, the three-letter agencies can basically hold court in-house. And who do you think is going to win that, right? If if you are brought before the three-letter agency and you have to go before them in their court to determine whether you're going to get fined or assets seized or thrown in jail or whatever, doesn't that seem like a conflict of interest if the guy paid by the SEC is the guy ruling about whether or not you were against the SEC? So the Supreme Court may hear this man be praying for that because could you imagine a Supreme Court ruling which starts to chip Dude. away Come on, at baby. this overreaching power of these agencies? <clears throat> um, number two, uh, Project Veritas is done. I, did you call it? Didn't you call it? I called it. it. Yeah, yeah, you were like, this won't last a year. Yep. <laughs> I think he said this. We, we, it was we're, something we're, like that. We're, we're <laughs> prophetic. I prophesy. You're done. We're not making fun of the prophetic. I am prophetic, no. but I mean, I'm just saying. Like he, he <laughs> called it. I, I, I mean, I, as did everyone else, <laughs> right? Everybody watching. Dude, going, James O'Keefe was Project Veritas. <laughs> he was, and as soon as he he they kicked him out, it was like, <laughs> "Are you retarded?" Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend. <laughs> <laughs> he used the R oh, word. Oh, that's okay. He used the R uh, word. Somebody's gonna be like, "How dare you?" R E T R D A D. You're not helping my case. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Veritas, seven months after ousting James O'Keefe, the company is finished. Hot toast. You're done. No more. That was stupid. They have officially suspended all their operations. After being accused of financial misdeeds and employee harassment, O'Keefe was forced out by the board and replaced by Hannah Giles, who just killed it. Literally. She ran the entire thing into the ground. My guess is James O'Keefe is sitting back <coughs> laughing to himself, raising a glass. Having himself a stogie in a, in a, in a, in a glass and yep. saying, I told you so, suckers. <laughs> and now he's prospering. It's like Tucker. Yeah, right? Let's fire Tucker <laughs> and blow him up. Right. And, and there, there was talk that the board of directors felt pressure because, of course, O'Keefe is a lightning rod. For the other side, for for the liberals, and the some libbies. people think the board of directors they found the their libtards. out, they found their chance to get rid of the guy because the guy was causing headaches for him. Um, and and I can't help. We're going to go long on this news bits because I do want to talk about Russell Brand a little bit. I think I think people want to hear about that. Um, but for O'Keefe, dude, this is something I want you to comment on: <clears throat> employee <laughs> harassment. Now, nothing has, uh, I haven't seen the details of what is being alleged as employee harassment. It, yeah. But how quickly employees can say, well, he wasn't nice to me, or, well, he didn't say please, or I didn't like that he didn't give me a promotion last year, and so he's harassing me. Like, there's always two sides to the story. There is. Some people, I, I picture, <clears throat> and I want you to comment on this, I picture O'Keefe as a driver. And a lot of times, drivers get misconstrued of what they're trying to do. Yeah, there is a there is definitely a forerunner type person can be misunderstood. Um, you know, who they're on a mission. They they don't really hear the opinions of others. This is what they're doing, uh, all that stuff. Uh, but in in uh, in reality, 
when those men or those women forerun ministries, they're not just misunderstood because of how or what they're doing. Sometimes it's by how they're doing it. And so um, it, still doesn't, it still doesn't negate the fruits of the Spirit. It still doesn't negate uh, love, joy, peace, patience, and all that stuff. But um, oftentimes, if you look at anybody who's built anything successful and grand, usually they're the ones that are uh, ostracized because they're, they're obsessive about one thing, yeah. you know, that mission or that thing. And uh, in, in an organizational setting, if those kind of people are smart and, and, they, they, and they have the Spirit of God in them, they will delegate processes and procedures so that they can step out and just mm-hmm. keep doing the vision. If they're smart, they will let others and allow others to come in and say, hey, we'll use our talents and giftings. You don't have to deal with it. Really? I'll do it. Right. They'll have others come in and manage and do things they just can't do. They're just not, they're, that's, not their, that's not their calling. Where it turns nasty is when these guys stay in the position of power and authority. Right. And I was under that for 12 years. You had one guy running the entire ship, and it yep. just, you know what I mean? People said, he's just misunderstood. No, he was a jerk. You know, like, <laughs> he wouldn't delegate anything to anybody, and, and, and it was co- constantly micromanaged. So, uh, But that's what happens. People are often misunderstood when you're a visionary, when you're that guy. And so if James uh, learned his lessons, if this is what truly happened in violation of like mm-hmm. his employees, learn your lesson, delegate. Right. Do your job, do what you're good at, and the others should follow that vision, right? Underneath right. that that structure. And and we're not making a judgment one way or another about no, gosh, w- no. what actually happened. I just I want to throw out a cautionary just like he is of we don't know the full story and, and people can come forward with accusations that are really like, Well, you you're just not understanding what's going on here. Or maybe the guy was a complete jerk to everybody and really was destroying things that he didn't need to destroy in pursuit of right. growing project veritas we won't ever know uh number three and and this is one that i wanted to talk about a little bit before we get into our other topic our, our quote-unquote main topic but i think people want to know about the russell brand thing and people want to hear about it and people want to want to know what's going on and it's so egregious in my mind so what what's going on? It is pretty ridiculous though that the, all of a sudden now right. he was a media darling, dude. He was sexually harassing reporters online on air, right? Like he was advancing on them, and they wouldn't say anything to him. Yeah, and now you know now I mean? suddenly four anonymous women come out at this point. That's what gets because my like, dog got red pilled. All, all of a sudden, at one time, four women come out. That's when you've got to pay attention. Why is it that it's not just one comes out, says her name, says, look, this happened, it's time to put a stop to this? <clears throat> Four, at the same time, all anonymous. Okay, and, and of course, what happens then? Well, YouTube demonetizes Russell Brand. And then the UK government is being naked in their whole out for him. It says, it, we've got on the map, it has come out that the UK government's Culture, Media, and Sport Committee... It's like the Ministry of Truth from 1984. <clears throat> we handle this sport and media for our nation. So we will tell you what to be. They have sent letters to major social media platforms urging them to demonetize Russell Brand for sexual assault allegations brought forward by four anonymous women accusations stemming from years ago. This is what gets me. Anonymous accusations. <clears throat> and the UK is already saying you need to take away his livelihood. Total 
total perversion of justice. Right. So <laughs> Rumble received the letter, and Rumble basically told the UK government to, uh, <laughs> you know, knock off. In a Christian off. term, take a hike. Yeah, that that's a great way to put it. Um, they told him to pound sand. YouTube, on the other hand, already pound demonetized brand. <laughs> And and I do want to talk about this of like this is that cancel culture idea coming to the forefront, dude. And it's only the voices that oppose them, right? Right? Isn't it interesting that you could literally sexualize kids right now? Go there. Listen. Go there. Sexualizing kids is the thing. Taking away parental rights in the media today is a thing. Overreaching government. Totally cool. Wars. Funded wars. Remember the all stuff that people in the UK especially. But when a moment, when a moment when a man starts to get popular or a woman starts to get popular and confront the government, now they're the problem. Now there's all yep. these allegations. Now we have to do right. Because the problem with this now, even if it's found untrue, nobody's even going to notice it. All they're going to see is this headline saying allegedly. Right. He will have that by his an asterisk, asterisk by his name the rest of his life yep. because of the media. Now, is he going to fall for it? Is he going to no? He'll bounce back and he's going to come. In. Dude, if if anyone knows Russell Brand and how he's been over the last ten years, <clears throat> not only when he will he bounce back, he's going to attack you. Yeah, he's a dog. Yeah, he is, and, and he, he'll come full force. It's great to watch too because he's. A little weird. He's a little eccentric, but man, at the same time, he sees things for what they are. Truth, you know, and and he is trying to get a needle down to the truth. And I think what what frustrates me is this is so many people buy this because all they hear right. is sexual assault allegation. Oh, what a horrible man! <clears throat> so now we're at the point of allegation. So if I point the finger at you and I just say, "Oh well, yeah, well you sexually assaulted somebody." 10 years ago and the mob comes after you 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 have no defense you can't do anything right that is why we talk about innocent until proven guilty you go before the court evidence is put forward and a jury of your peers decides whether or not they believe that you committed that crime right. based on the evidence and now we, we have the, the pitchforks and the torches coming for Russell Brand because somebody made an accusation. I don't know if he did or not. Maybe he did. Maybe he's a slime ball in his personal life 20 years ago, 10 years but, ago. But, you know, look at how the media does it, though. An allegation comes out and we blast it. Yes. Instead of saying, is this even fact or true? Right. It's irresponsible reporting is what it is. Oh, it's horrible. It's, 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 it's a defamation of character. It's what they love to do, right, especially with someone who disagrees with them. So, like, instead of just gathering the facts first— well, allegedly, he's been reported to be XXY. And how many times does the media get it right? And you know what? The people are going to believe what the media says, even though a majority of people, everywhere I go and speak, Michael, Mike can attest to this, literally everywhere I go and speak, I say, how many of you guys believe the media? Nobody raises their hands, right? <laughs> and then I say, well, then why do you act like you know what the media says? Why do, you, why do you go along with it when the media says something? Because you do believe it. Yeah. Because you do. Secretly, you do. You read the tabloids so you can get pissed off throughout the day so it's... It does something in your heart where you can actually have something to grab onto emotionally. You know what it's, I mean? I consider it um, soap opera. Totally. It's, it's totally a soap opera for slightly more intelligent people, maybe. Not even at this point. You know, Mike, it's just a soap opera. This is, this is that thing. Like Men who get upset like this and are married. I'm, 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 I've been doing a lot of this like 
marriage, masculinity. Yeah. I think we're going to, that's going to be a really big thing for us here coming up over the yeah. next year is the family. So we talked about discipleship this year. Absolutely. We're going to really Ooh. focus on the family and do all these things, right? Good point. But I'm thinking, just hear me out, men and women. You know why we go after soap operas? Because we're not willing to invest emotionally in our houses and the people around us. So Ooh. we're looking for someone else to give me an emotion that I need to be investing in them with. I need to be investing my time, my, 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 my energy, my resources, my everything into the things God gave me. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So when your anger comes out, it's because you're so depleted emotionally. You need something to pick you up. That's why we go on our phones. I'm telling you, dude, the things we lack is exactly what we're not giving to God. Yeah. The things we want is what we're not allowing the Lord to have from us. Think, I promise you. Dude, that's, that's awesome. So think now, about this. That just went up. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And, and learning moment for you. Did you know that? Um, when, when we are immersed in what we could call the soap opera of, of, of life, whether it's news, whether it's actual soap operas, TV shows, sports, when you get super invested in a sports team and ride or die, you're living or dying depending on whether they're winning or losing, you are funneling emotional energy into that. Now, the problem with that is you feel emotion but it's at an in a certain sense Dude. it's safe, right? It is it's, safe. It's a safe, detached emotional response. Because there's no consequence to your emotion no. with anyone else. No. But you actually get incensed in it and then you go tell your buddies all the stuff you know. Right. When you don't do anything. Dude, I noticed this last night. We were at a football game. Yeah. Gosh, this is so cool. The guys that were crying out the loudest against the team that was losing and saying, why can't you get, are the ones that never played a down in their lives. Right? I was sitting next to a guy who actually played high school and college football. Do you know he kept his mouth shut the whole time? You know what he was saying? He goes, I I bet he's hurt. Oh, man, that's got to be a tough play. Oh, he couldn't throw it because of, he was explaining to me the game in real time. The other guy's like, why are you running the ball? Because he was that kid that didn't make it to the high school team, yep. and right, and he's watching all these vlogs and all these YouTubes. I'm just being honest. Those who cheer the loud, like chirp the loudest, sometimes yeah. are the ones who have never really never put done. blood on the blood on the post. You know the real ones when their quiet demeanor and their actions speak louder than their words do. Right, and they're empathetic to situations and saying, "This is how we fix this." Right, they're calm in demeanor and they move forward, dude. And I know oh, we know three so or four good. of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're yeah. calm in demeanor. You're one of them, I think. But like, you're just. You know how to go after the thing, yeah. right? And you notice those who don't put blood on the post, they're the ones who will say, I can preach better than anybody. Right. They're the ones right. nitpicking all the time. Oh, man. I, I remember years ago, I was sitting at a minor, minor league championship game, and there were two guys sitting in front of me, hockey. Two guys sitting in front of me, they would not shut up the whole time. Oh, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? And I'm sitting there. Mind you, I played college club, and I'm, I'm watching these guys, and all the things they're saying is like, you don't realize how stupid and ignorant you sound you right do. now. Because you have no clue what you're talking about. Now, you're, you're, you get so invested in the emotional stuff in that realm, whether it's sports, news, whatever. I can't believe Byron... How much emotional investment do you have left to actually provide to your family? And what are you pulling back towards yourself and producing in your family? Right. If, if you are always upset at the TV, 
whether Fox News, CNN, or whatever, you're always upset at the TV. How do you think you're going to respond to your wife and your children? That's right. That's right? right. Because your emotional line, you're so spent emotionally that all you have to churn out is the emotion that you've been feeding through all of that junk. Right? And it, what would it look like if instead of taking that, that easier route in a way of, of being consuming emotions... You actually started producing with your family in real time, Bingo. in relationships, and working through the emotions that you feel, I where there's quit, consequence. I quit complaining about what others weren't doing when I started to do. Right. Because I realized how hard it was and how I need to show people how to get involved instead of get pissed that they're not. Right. You understand? Yeah. So, like, if people aren't going to get involved, then they're not going to get involved. That's fine. Do your thing. Right? That's, that's on you. That's between you and God. I don't care. I don't care what... The, I care about your soul, and if you're saved, praise God. That's mm -hmm. my mission, right? But then as I kept doing more and more, I realized how many critics would come out of the woodwork. This is what you need to do here. This is how you need to do this. And then I would ask all the time. Every time I go to an event and I ask them, okay, like, what are your credentials? Like, how do I? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I mean, I don't have a ministry. It's like, well, then why are you telling me what to do? <laughs> I mean, you, you've seen it, dude. You, you see it all the time with, with us. Yep. So in reality, what we're, and, and I know we kind of went off on a, on a, on a I, tangent. I love this. So. But I'm going to come back to this now. I'm going to come back to Russell Brand. It's we won't believe the media, but we do believe the media as long as it suits our emotional need. There it is. Perfect. It's idolatry. That's like perfect. some of these comments yeah. are saying it's idolatry. It's true. Right. Uh, HES equipment. Uh, I, I know who it is, Andrew. Right. But like he said, Monday morning credits. It's, it's, you see all these critics and the critiquers and all these other things. And it's like, dude, if, if you spent three quarters of the time actually doing instead of critiquing, the other quarter of the time would take care of itself. That's yeah. really what it is. And I, our goal, and I'm sure there's some person who wants to hear what they want to hear out of this, and they're like, well, aren't you guys criticizing everybody else? And what we're trying to do is take this stuff and use it as a teaching moment for you. Right. Right? Dude. Like, I don't know why that thought popped in my head. But no, it's no, no, like, it's good. It's no. good. Go with it. You Go know. with it. To those of you that thought I was criticizing, no, I'm actually showing the, the flaw. A critique is, is something that you say without action. Right. We're actually doing something is what I'm saying. Right. We're actually putting our feet. We're holding our own feet to the fire in a lot of ways, including our board, including our supporters. They hold our feet to the fire every month. Is this what you're doing? The people that invest in us, the people that support us, they're holding us to the fire, which is what we're doing. Now, does that go through some variation? Sometimes, sure. But we're actually doing the things that we know to do right and the Bible actually says to him that knows to do good and does it not to him, it is sin. Amen. That's scripture. So we're doing what we know to do in the moment right now until God tells me no more. Because when we get home, we have to, uh, we have to live our lives. And this is, I'm, I'm teaching to myself, you're teaching to yourself as much as we're teaching to you of like, when I go home, I have to be emotionally invested in my kids, my wife, my, my, my house, uh, my friends. The, the people I'm mentoring and discipling, like I have to be emotionally True. invested. So I've got to be aware and observant of what am I investing my emotions into? Because if it's social media and it's, it's all of this fantasy illusion stuff, and I think the news is totally part of that. Because how much do you know is true and how much do you not know is true? And, and they, what can you actually control, it. right? They love it. Oh, they love controlling oh, you. Yeah. They love controlling you, dude. Puppets on the string, right? So They I've, love it. I have to be aware, you have to be aware, how much are we investing into all that junk? Mm -hmm. 
as opposed to investing in ourselves. I used, I used to think, you know, when you watch, like if you go on YouTube and you see like N- NBC News and a- ABC, none of their stories get a lot of views. But you know what they're thinking? Doesn't matter. The people that viewed it believe us. Right. Right. We you got, know what I mean? We they, got the, them the effect of it up. is they believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, guys, listen, it, there, there's a lot to this. I think we're learning ourselves as we, as we continue to do, as we continue to grow. There's a lot about leadership we'd like to start teaching on and what that looks like, um, you know, even like how to develop a culture of honor. Just mm-hmm. so many things that are going through our heads that um, politics is a big thing for us. I should say government is a big thing for us and always will be. I think that's our kind of bread and butter. It's our bailiwick in, in the history of America. But ministry has, has kind of become that, yeah. that branch of this is what makes us so different is we're willing to go speak into people, speak life into people, call them into their destinies, pray for healing, and, 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 and all those other things. Like to minister the gospel and to minister the gifts. That's really where we kind of differentiate. And um, I love the old school teachers. It's funny. I, I listen to preachers still that are cessationists yeah. Yeah. because I love their view of the word and their strictness. I just don't agree with their cessationist right. view. But then <clears throat> I also like those guys that preach the, the the gifts and the wonders of God because, man, sometimes their material is like, oh, my gosh, I never thought that big. So there's got to be emergence, a convergence of the two where they both meet together in the middle and say, this is what God wanted all along. Right. It wasn't supposed to be extreme. Uh, I'm talking about there's sheep and goats. That's the world and that's the faith, okay? As the body of believers, we should be coming together and saying, how can we utilize each other's gifts? What can we do? Dude, you listen to the to the to the Vody Bacchums and stuff. Man, them cats, boy, they, they're so they good. Got, they're knowledgeable. They got gifting. Yeah, man. they're just cessationists. They don't they don't yeah. really believe in the gifts, and that's fine. Do you? I I like walking in the power of God. I do. I, I genuinely do. But I also see where the gifts can take someone. When, and when, we talked about it yesterday. Yeah, you know? when 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 somebody goes too far in one way or the other, like that's part of the beauty of each of us having our lane is we can reach out and say, hey. I see where your lane is going, but I see how you're getting off of your lane because guess what? That's my area of expertise. Come back this way a little bit, right? And we can help keep each other in line and move forward on it. I do want to get into kind of our our main topic, and I, I want to keep this vein on all of this because this is good. Think about what are you actually putting your energy into? Um, we had somebody reach out. They've got a situation going on with their kid at a university or a local local college sorry and the professor is extremely progressive and and just hammering the students with this progressive stuff and i thought it would be good for us to kind of not <clears throat> not get into the drama of the whole thing but to start talking about like how do you actually handle that what's actually going on and i i do have some stats for you that i want to read in case you're like well no it's not really happening 2022, College Fix found that in a recent survey of seven universities, hold on, I know it was only seven, in 65 departments, a total of 33 of those departments had zero Republican professors. Now, Republican is what it is. You know us. We're Christian. Then we're conservative. We's believers. So we don't necessarily swing the the Republican way, but we get it. The label is more of the conservative side. Fix analyzed Ohio State. University of Nebraska-Omaha, University of North Carolina-Chapel Hill, University of Georgia-Cornell, University of Oklahoma, and University of Alaska-Anchorage. These are major institutions, so they're not tiny little ones, right? Six of the seven states were primarily Republican, with the exception of New York. At Cornell, 
Democrats outnumber Republicans 98 to 1. In 2018, Mitchell Langbert, an associate professor of business management at Brooklyn College, reviewed party affiliations of over 8,000 tenure-track <coughs> PhD-holding professors at 51 of the top 60 liberal art colleges listed in U.S. News, right? And found outnumbered 10 to 1. And I, I've got titles in here and all that. Harvard, they ended up ranking dead last on FIRE's 248 college campus ranking of free speech codes and that kind of thing. Harvard got a zero. Okay. Now, why? Why would this happen? I'm at uh, point number seven. No, good. Um, why? I'm with you, man. No, I, I wanted to make sure because I he's, know I jumped. He's, 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 I, he's, doing, over the he's doing this. All right, guys. How do you... Be on a podcast with me, Mass. Follow me, Mass. <laughs> okay. Just just run along with me. Um, Antonio Gramsci. Uh, we've brought him up before. We have, yep. If you don't remember who that is, he, he's kind of the philosophical godfather of Marxism, right? So you, yeah, you he's had, an awesome fellow. You had Marx, who was really kind of that founder of the whole thing. Antonio Gramsci, just great guy. Great guy. Super um, guy. He was the one who, who really transformed the idea into cultural Marxism. Right now, Marx kind of had that idea, but he was more economic type guy, and he, economics works outward. Gramsci said, "This is how we actually implement it." This is what he stated: Socialism is precisely the re religion that must overwhelm Christianity. <clears throat> Notice he points out Christianity. Hmm, wonder why. In the new order, socialism will triumph <laughs> by first capturing the culture via. Listen to this. He's telling you what he's about to do: infiltration of schools, universities, churches. And the media, by transforming the consciousness of society. Transforming. Guess what? They did it. Gramsci. So, when we think about our universities, we have to understand our kids are going into enemy territory. They sure are, dude. These people who are adherents to Marxism, progressivism, they have dedicated their lives to the administrative state because they believe that the administrative state is how you put in the... Marxist utopia. You got to go through the government, the bureaucracies, the laws, all of that, right? Infiltrate. So what did they do? They became professors, lawyers, they became teachers, all of that. And then what they do? They started teaching the next generation. They have been at this for decades. So I say all that to you to say, don't be surprised when you get a super progressive radical professor. And I mean that with all the love in the world. Like, you have to understand your child is going into enemy territory. <clears throat> it really is. And that's that, um, you know, I, I completely agree with these two statements. One, we should be sending our children uh, to learn how to navigate the world because they need to practice their Christianity and to be able to answer anybody who has a question, like the Bible says to do. The problem is, is when we send our kids to these areas and we've not properly trained them to do that or actually have given them the tools to go do mm -hmm. that. So in other words, you know, have you taken your kids out witnessing before? Have you taken them out to actually like talk to people about their lifestyles and like what they, why they believe what they believe? Because when you go into university, there's no bulls about it, man. These guys, they'll, they'll, they'll give you F's on your papers if you don't agree with mm -hmm. them either culturally, societally, uh, uh, even ideolog ideolog ideologically. Mm. That's the right word. They will, they will, I mean, Ben Shapiro talked about it, you know, just for me to get A's, I had to kind of go along, but I inserted my views. Right. <clears throat> and and um, I don't I don't like that. I mean, it's, I'm not, and I want to get fan, into that. I'm not a I fan of it. Get into that, but it's like sending our kids to university, expect them to be tainted by something. Now, right. 
there are some who can come through unscathed and say, no, I'm actually more resolute in my things, and it will. But those kids have probably either been well-prepared or God just has a divine calling on them. And there are kids who go to university that are secular, that get saved, that get radically transformed by God. I'm thinking of like Ashton, which yeah. she went to, I think, Christian college. I'm not sure, but just where they get radically transformed by the Lord, they change, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, God really got a hold of this kid. But you notice we've we've done a pretty terrible job, I think, as as and I'm talking about the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I say we because we're all the bride, and it's not a critique against the bride. It's a we need to do better as the bride. And we're starting to. We're seeing the younger generation come up. <clears throat> the one thing that we have to do with youth is train them biblically what the Word says. Right. What I'm noticing a lot today with a lot of these youth ministries is we focus on the fact that they're Gen Z, they're Gen Z ministries, they're led by younger people, all that other stuff. If you actually look at like Titus and Timothy and all these guys— it actually says that the older women should be teaching the younger women Thank how to be you. women. That the older men who are the elders should be teaching the younger men how to do some of these things. I'm not capping on the fact that our pastors, some of them are our leaders, are young. I'm saying, is there an overseer over them who is older in the faith who can actually check them, make sure the Word of God is being taught correctly, make sure that they're not ideologically idiot, idiots, you know, mm-hmm. like that they're not pushing a socialistic agenda, a racial agenda, all these other things that are not biblical. The bottom line is if they're not preaching Christ crucified, they're not preaching. What they're preaching is heresy. They're preaching idolatry. If you do anything in place of Jesus Christ's atonement, then there's something wrong there. I'm not saying we don't hit issues. We should hit issues. But why? Because the atonement of Christ came to atone all of it. He came to take territory. All authority is given in heaven and earth. That's why we get involved in politics. But you're seeing a lot of these youth groups actually go along with the world to try to get the message of Christ out there. Show me in the Bible where Christ ever did that. Mm-hmm. Any ministry at all, they never did that. As a matter of fact, when he was with the, what was it? When he, The woman at the well, she was a Samaritan. So like, mm-hmm. is, is that true? She was a, yeah, yeah, yeah she was a Samaritan. Samaritan. So he's over there, he's talking to her. You couldn't, you can't talk to me, I'm a Samaritan. It's like, yeah, I'm the savior of the world though. Like, right. I mean, he, he didn't name drop like that, but I mean, he was, he's the guy. And so what happens is you're seeing the young people now, we're investing in them, and that's a good thing. What we need now is those who are of the kind of the senior level people willing to go into those areas and invest in these kids. Yeah. Because it's not about them being Gen Z and, yes, they're on fire for God. It's actually God getting his people ready for the battle to come. You and, know what I mean? And that speaks to you as parents. It speaks to you as mentors because I was having a conversation with another guy at work the other day. And we were talking about this idea of providing the example. Look, when you go home at night, you can tell your kid to read the Bible. But if your kid never sees you read the Bible, never sees you pray, never Oof, sees you interact gosh, with the I just Lord, to my kids about never, this. never connect with your kid about the Lord, never, never show your child the full di- <clears throat> three-dimensional sphere of your relationship with the Lord, what do you think your kid's getting from it? What your kid is hearing is, well, dad says I should read scripture, but I, n- I never see him do it, so it must not be that important. Dad yeah. always talks about prayer, but he, he just kind of throws a couple of words out at the table, and then he's done. Um, I, I go to church, and people sing some songs, and then they leave. How often do we hear people say, yeah, I, I left church because I was sick of all the hypocrites? Now, that's, that's a hard position in its own right, but you as a parent or you as a mentor and a discipler have to provide the example because then they'll see the fruit of your life. Because if you are living that way and you are, you are connecting yep. with them through that way, it is going to transform them. So then when they go to university, 
And that's a decision in its own right that we'll get to. If they go to university and they're with a professor like this, they're going to see the crap. They're going to see the false nature of it. They're going to see agree. the illusion. Because Completely they'll be like, agree. well, my dad lives an amazing life. My dad's an awesome, beautiful man. He, he's so fulfilled. He, he's on fire for the Lord. He's got this deep relationship. He doesn't yeah. have bitterness. But yeah. this professor who's a Marxist who says social justice and all that, she's just yelling and screaming. Like, that doesn't look enticing to me. And there's nothing edifying about it. You know what I mean? Like, again... All you're doing is appealing to the emotional side of these young people, if that's what you're doing, uh, in, in universities or youth groups. If that's what you're doing, again, what does the Bible say in Colossians? You can just blow this crap out of the water if we would just sit down and think biblically. Mm -hmm. Set your affection on things above. Mm -hmm. You don't have to appeal to kids emotionally. The world does that. As a matter of fact, the one time, the, one of the founders, a co-founder of MTV, Bob Pittman, I think, is. I got to remember the quote, but he basically said this. He goes, the, the main mission of MTV basically is to, to get the kids emotionally. He said, once you get their emotions going, you've got them. He said, at MTV, we don't shoot for the 14-year-olds. We own them. You hear that? He said, the emotional realm is where we get the kids. You're if so, we have to so use right. that, we're not using, we're not depending on the power of gospel. The Bible actually says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, that the gifts were given. Uh, matter of fact, Paul said... Our gospel came not into you in word only, but also in power. Every time you see the word power mentioned, it is to advance the gospel. It's to advance the changing and the saving of their souls. It's to turn them from the power of darkness to light. Well, when we send them to universities that are constantly fixated on emotionalism, they're constantly fixated on, how are you feeling today? Uh, President Trump got elected. You need rooms for safe spaces. Let's give you puppies you feel... and coloring books. Right, right. You need to, you know what? You feel like a dog today. Why don't you go sit in that corner and be a little poodle over there in the corner? We'll give you a little dog bowl. And I mean, that's literally what we've done is appeal to the emotions of the kids. And people say, see, but look at how they're reacting. See, we're winning them. They're being understood now. No, you're actually turning them into fleshy, fleshy little pansies. They will never handle what's really in the world because what these young people have never been taught is the world is unfair. You know who taught that? Jesus. In this world, you will have tribulation. That was a promise. But then he says something really cool after that. He says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Don't focus on the world and its tribulations. Right. And and this goes totally back to that conversation about emotions, right? Dude. If you are pouring all of your emotions into something that is not true, then it will eat away at you. But if you <clears throat> pour yourself into the truth and do not get distracted Come on. by the emotions, your emotions become healthy, Thank right? Thank you. Your emotions are the flesh that is trying to assert its will over the will of God. Thank you. Right? Oh, so our beautiful. disciplines depend on us crucifying our flesh and walking according to the Spirit. Read Romans oh, 8. That's so good. There's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Watch. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. He said what the law could do, and it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and forced sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Listen to this. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You know why people struggle with the Lord? Because they're walking in the flesh to achieve his righteousness instead of walking in the spirit yep. to just walk in righteousness. Right. See what I'm saying? Oh, man. Oh, this is so this good. This is so good, and this is what happens. Now we're saying, we're teaching these kids to be emotional. Let's go on this line, mm -hmm. right? This is so good for me and you because yeah. we've been talking about this 
for a long time, and now I'm getting my juice back. <laughs> it's like the emotional side of what we've taught kids to do, then we send them to university to affirm their emotions. You're but now so they're right, trying man. to do it earlier. So high schools are now affirming their emotions. So when they get into university, they're just completely brainwashed. Right. So it went from the universities. Remember, schools were actually okay. Now you can just choose. If you want to go to a secular school, that's fine. Don't do it. Now it's actually happening in the high schools. Yep. Right, and where they're even, affirming the emotion. Even down into the elementary schools. And now, the elementary all, schools, all the, yeah. And that's why, why sexuality is so important in this whole discussion, because sexuality so is so central in the emotions, in the desires. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. Sexuality is so powerful, so of course it becomes a perfect wedge, a perfect focal point, for the enemy, for the world, to use in getting kids to start walking along that pathway. Truth. Because what does sexuality do? When, when sexual desire <sighs> ignites, all of your emotions are at peak. Wow. So then, Dude. when you are wow. misled, you, you can't help but all of your emotion is attached. So then, Christ has to come back through with the Holy Spirit and say, truth is this way. Don't listen to those emotions and desires. But Truth. Satan knows if he can heighten all of that to, to 11 for everything, you're going to shut off your ears because you don't want the truth. Because the truth isn't fun. The truth doesn't feel, right? Because you've so accustomed yourself to all of that junk. It's just like if, if all you ever do is eat sugar and, and junk food, and then you eat a lot of vegetables, you might feel sick. Bro. Right? You remember what happened to me a couple weeks ago? Right? You know, the, I went to go give blood. They said your sugar, you know, your blood pressure is a little high, which I've never had before. What did I do right after that? I was like, <laughs> you saw. I was like, I just like, I'm, I'm zero or 100. Now, that's not always good. I'm either on or off. I just quit everything. I quit meats. I quit. <laughs> I started eating with my wife. I quit coffee. This, uh, this one's actually, yeah, this actually is a coffee. But for like two weeks straight, I was like, yeah. I'm not going to do it. My doctor told me, don't quit coffee like that. It's going to shock your system. She was right. And it sudden, did. My head hurts. I can't function. <laughs> you know, and, right. and she's like, well, I told you not to do that. Your system gets shocked when, when something radically change. transforms. Listen to me, believer. What happens when you take a step in faith for the Lord that you've never done before? It shocks the flesh. Warfare happens. Things get exposed in your heart. Thing, uh, I thought I got rid of that sin. What's going on? Where's that sin coming from? Why is that right. thought there? Because you've now shocked your system. You've now moved out of the realm of the flesh into the spirit while still living in this body. Your body is not, your flesh is not used to walking in the spirit like that. So when you do something brand new, you're about to take territory. You're about to take, dude, this is so scriptural. Oh my gosh. When you're about to take territory in your own life, in your city, whatever, your family, you're going to, men, you're going to do something new. I'm going to start doing Bible studies every Tuesday. Guess what's going to happen Tuesday? <laughs> oh, they want me to work late. Uh, oh, they, something happened. A pipe yeah. burst in the house. A my water kid, heater went down. My kid's up all night, you know, and I didn't get any sleep, and I, I'm really yeah, exhausted. I'm so so tired and then it's like so then the excuses come on and guess what you didn't do the thing that you said you would take territory on mm -hmm. so then we say well, where did all this come from i remember martin luther actually said something i'm paraphrasing this but he said the the moment i want to get into the word a thousand hindrances come my way you ever notice that like you can get yeah yeah this, you turn this thing this. on and youtube you know all these things and you're and you're really you're really uh 
falling prey to your own flesh again. And it's creating another avenue of excuses for you. So the next time you want to step out in faith, that door's open mm -hmm. if you don't shut it. That's what happens. And, and along that line, if you're not used to truth and you're used to emotion, you're used to feeling, you're used to going that direction, like, like we're <laughs> saying, it's not going to taste good to you. So you're going to look at truth and like, I have no attachment to that. I have no desire for that. All I've got desire for is this pathway. That's where you have to hold on to that thread of truth. And you have to go that way against all of your flesh. Your flesh will submit, but it's going to take some time. Dude. It's just your, your, <clears throat> your gut biome has active bacteria that is designed towards certain types of food. I've got so, a lot of bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> so if... If all you eat is sugar and junk food, guess what your gut biome is designed to do? Sugar and junk, junk food. If you start throwing vegetables in there, your gut biome doesn't know what to do. So you have to actually eat vegetables and good healthy food for several weeks before your body starts to change to handle that food and it starts tasting better. I haven't had soda for almost four years now. I know if I ever take another couple sips of Mountain Dew, <clears throat> it is going to taste like trash to me. Because it's not used to it anymore. I'm not used to it anymore. No. When I was drinking it regularly, oh, pound down the bottle, yeah. whatever, no problem. You know what's you crazy know? is uh, now I've, I probably drink, you're always with, we're always, him and I are always uh, in ministry together, yep. so when we go to the church office or here, I probably had four or five coffees in the mm. last maybe two and a half, three weeks. And I found out I don't need it. Remember I told you the other day, like, I have more energy not drinking coffee than I was with coffee. Right. Because what happens is, and I know this about, like, uh, steroids and testosterone replacements and things, not that the, the testosterone replacement is always bad, but once you start putting things in your system, it actually turns your system off. So now it depends on this thing to give it energy rather than your adrenal glands. Or testosterone, when you take testosterone, it actually produces and stops your testosterone growth in a lot of ways with steroids. I mean, that... It stops your testosterone growth and depends on that thing. So when you start depending, and this is getting to a point, when you depend on outside things, emotion, to guide the things of God in your life, you'll always fail because you always need another emotional high to make sure that you think you're in the Lord. But when you're really not, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. You are sealed by the cross of Jesus Christ. You are sealed by his blood. You are redeemed. You are loved. You're purchased. You're his. The promises belong to you. You have to, like Mike Delafave said it when he preached that Wednesday night. He said, when I got baptized in the Spirit, I didn't feel anything. I just believed. Right. And then ever since then, God started moving. I, dude, that was the most awesome statement he could have ever made. It wasn't this high, crazy, nuts. I just believed. Yeah. I'm baptized now. I'm going to walk. Dude, and he walks in authority. He does. He walks in power, he, discipline. I, I love him <laughs> because he's so under the radar authority he is he's, he's like that he walks that, it that ninja master that just comes in the room and knocks everybody over with one punch and then walks out of the room and he's like who is that you know and like but just sounds just solid walks, but just how like that i don't if i don't feel the blessing of god because everything's going wrong in my life it doesn't matter i believe i have the blessing of god because i'm his child right he's got favor on my life he just does i walk in the authority that he's given me i don't have to feel the authority i have it because he's my father because that's what he bestowed on us i walk in the the mantle that i have whether it's the leader of self-evident or the associate pastor of church 
I walk in the authority I have. I have to believe that. You don't always feel like you have an authority. Things should be going crazy. And you can feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore, Lord, and I don't know what I'm doing. It does not. Your emotions cannot dictate the promises of God nor the Word of God. Do, do you notice emotion, like you're, like you're describing, exactly, emotion all over the place, all of here. What is the truth? Dude, Right. thank you. Go down that line because so, that's so good right there. We, and, and we always forget it because the emotion goes all of here. And I'm like, oh, well, my emotions are here. And so that must be valid. Could be. Or where's the truth? You may feel no emotional connection to the truth. Doesn't mean it's wrong. You go the truth, right? You may not feel like you've got, what am I going to do? I feel like I'm right? doing a horrible job. Yeah. I feel like. The, and then everyone around you is like, what the heck are you talking about? Dude, you're, you know? you're killing it. Yeah, you're doing right? great. Like how many times you get off the stage and it's like, oh, golly, man, I blew it. I, 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 it was horrible. <laughs> I did it the, other, the last time I Dude, preached. I was like, man, I missed I, I, that. I blew it. I, I blew that. And it's funny because like, I, I was like laughing because I'm like, I feel like that <laughs> right? so I, often. We talked on the phone when I was driving away. I, was, I, I think we did, but I remember thinking I was driving away. I was like, Lord, what did I miss what the on heck that? was that? Yeah. What was that? And, and then, of course, it starts coming out like, oh, that was awesome. That did it. <laughs> oh, I know I was because I preached heavy, and the whole room was like just quiet. quiet. Yeah. And I was like, I broke them. <laughs> I, I ruined it, you know? And, and so, you know, you don't want to beat the sheep. Sometimes, no. though, you just need to correct. Sometimes, and that word was very corrective. And when people get corrected, I've noticed this, even my own children, uh, children, my men, my young men, they're there. God, we go. Start crying right now. We were talking the other night about the Bible and prayer, and like it has to be their walk, right? And I get up early, so they never see me in the Word. They never really, see, you know what I mean. But <clears throat> um, we were talking about how important it is that, like, my son Nathan, he's a lot like me. He's just a hundred emotional. Like that's just who mm -hmm. he is. That he has to realize that when you don't feel like it is when you actually should seek him. Mm -hmm. I, I said this to Carrie yesterday. You know when love really begins? When it becomes sacrificial. Not, not when you're doing nice things. Bro, not when so you're, not when you're, ex, you're that's overflow. Yep. Love really begins when someone doesn't deserve it. Commitment. Oh, my God. Love bro. doesn't begin until, so then your emotions yeah. are out the window. Yeah. You cannot feel right about this person. Doesn't matter. What does love say? You can have all the knowledge of the world, the gifts. You could have all the power. You could have all the authority, the promises, and all that stuff. First Corinthians 13 says, if you have not God's love, you have nothing. So you can have all the things. You can, you can walk in your anointing and your gifting. You can give your body to be burned at the stake, he said. But love really begins when people don't deserve it. That's where Christ's love made it so evident. And, and the, the, the penultimate example of that is Christ in the garden. When he is sweating out blood, about to go to the cross, and he says to the Father, "Dude, take <clears throat> this cup from me." The fact Christ hit the point where he is even saying, "I don't want to do this," I think that's Hebrews four, though. Like when he, you know how he's going through that. Hebrews yeah. four says, "We don't have a high priest that doesn't empathize with our weaknesses." Right. It's like he had to go through that. So that we could say he understood exactly. us. Exactly. He, he, he gets it. He felt to his core because if Christ himself said, I don't want to do this, you better take pause. Because nowhere else in Scripture does Christ ever show a thread, a signal of not wanting to do something. And there, he was like, take this from me. Yeah. But then, what does he <clears> say? 
but not my will, but your will be done. I think this is What's why... What's the truth? Yes. I think this is why our message on the, the, the foundations of government in America and the Christian you know, authority and our founders and the Constitution, all these other things... You notice that the talk today is about emotionalism. They were all right. slave owners. They hated blacks. That's what they did. Instead of standing back as Christians and saying, okay, they're flawed men. Right. They're, they're, they were sinful men. At that time, that was an accepted practice that we tried to eradicate, right? So, yes, it was on American soil. Yes, it happened at, at the foundation of America. Yes, that was an, an accepted thing. But if you look at it from the principle, the principle position, I'm going to get in trouble for this, a principle position of fallen men trying to do a good thing, you'll understand yourself better too. And that's not acceptable. They, they knew it wasn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. That's why they fought so hard to eradicate it. Now, did they compromise? Yes, they shouldn't have. We can all agree with that. But if I can look at them and say, hey, they were just men who were flawed as I was. They were just as flawed as me. Right. What sins do you allow? And I always say this when I go into a, a, a church or university, wherever I go, what sins do you allow in your life that could be pointed back by your future kids, your sons and daughters? You get mad at them for what happened 200 some odd years ago, right, in this country. What are your kids going to say about what you've allowed in 100 years? That's what you got to be focused on. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how evil they were. Or I can believe, actually, how evil they were. Because, because of, we all are. Because we're sinful men and sinful women, and we screw things up. But the beauty, the beautiful part about our history is, and this is what they don't acknowledge, we did. We were the first nation to establish ourselves that we wouldn't have slavery. That was the first time we ever said, okay, we're going to eradicate this yeah. in our country. Did it happen right away? No, because you can't change people's hearts by law. It has to be done by the Spirit of God. So it took time. Nobody was for slavery. Dude, I saw my dad, and I've talked about this on the story before. My dad got passed over for jobs and all that stuff because of racism. But... My dad never, like, let that get to him. He just right. kept going. That's what he taught me. Sin, they're, dude, they're full of sin. What did you expect? What did you expect? They're full of sin, dude. They're, they're, they're blind or they're ignorant. They don't know. That's how they were raised. Now go preach the love of God to them. Yeah. You know? and, and to round this out, because I know we got to get going, this whole situation of, look, professors are going to, to go their direction. Administrations are going to go their direction. And I think taking a step back and pushing aside the emotionalism and saying, okay, what is the truth? You can start to make decisions both for you and for your child on what route do we go in this? Because you are stepping into enemy territory. So you've got to, you and your student have to decide what is your conviction? What are you actually standing for in truth? And then what is the hill you're willing to die on? That's true. Right. You've got to understand that, yeah, you may get that professor fired, but guess what? Another professor will step in. So it becomes a bigger bigger issue of how do you change the system or do you have to go around the system? Do you have to go a different way? And the question is, what value does a university education really hold today unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that? Right? Because sociology ain't making no money, but a lot of kids are going for sociology. Exactly. It's All crazy. the humanities. None of them... Could, None of them can make money. No, no. They, they, they go tens of thousands of dollars in debt on a humanities or a soft sciences degree, and then they step out into the world and they're like, well, there's nothing here for me. Because nobody needs lesbian underwater basket weaving. <laughs> hey, Sorry. Valerie, thank you. She said, awesome time shared with you guys. Thank you. That's awesome. Kristen, thanks Love so it. much for your comments. Uh, all you people who stayed online, please share the video <clears throat> with people that <clears throat> you know need this. I think sometimes when we start preaching... It's going to set people free. Now, we're, 
You know us. We're all about government. We'll get back to that. We just really feel we got to go this vein right now. So yeah. that's what we're doing. <clears throat> and if you want us to go more governmental, we can do that. Uh, just to help, yeah. Continue reach to out, do. give us content, give us you ideas. Us you know, we don't, we don't, stuff? we don't, we don't know everything, but pretty, we almost do. Yeah. So, we'll like, we, you know, but share the video, guys, uh, especially you guys on YouTube. Thank you, YouTube land. That was a great comment thread yeah. today. It was a good yeah, chat. It was fun. Uh, really fun, guys. Again, YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, all these places. Subscribe. You guys can go on to uh, as well. What's the other one? Uh, Spotify. You can go on yep. there and, and and subscribe as well. Uh, I know our SoundCloud's doing well. Uh, yep. Apple Podcasts, it keeps going up. Get, leave us a review. Listen, yes, you want to help us? You want to help us on these channels to grow? Because I know I'm getting shadow banned on Facebook. Mm. I've gone live many times, and I usually have 30 deep. Now yeah. I don't get them. Nobody's even getting my notifications, so I don't care. I'm not even focused on Facebook. I don't care. So get us on the other stuff. Leave a review. Comment on that stuff. Just yeah. All you have to do, even on Apple Podcasts, if you download it, you just leave a comment of five stars, it better be five stars. And then leave a good <laughs> comment. Like, just say, Massey's handsome. Mike is all right. And then we're good. We're, we're you know, so, it. No, I'm kidding. No, we're, we're, <laughs> so that we're both handsome and then we have awesome content. You know, like, if you could do that, it actually puts the ratings up for us. So we want to continue to grow these channels as best you, we can. You got to understand, and, and this is our last point about this, you have to understand the algorithms care if people are liking, if people are subscribing, if people are commenting, if people are leaving reviews. You, if... If you can't help financially, if you can't get involved in terms of helping us with tasks, at least do these things. Wherever you normally go, if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, leave a five-star review. You don't even have to type in anything. Just leave a review, right? It's awesome. And do it, do it with a book, too. So if you leave five-star review or whatever on Amazon... That helps bump it up in the ranking so other people can see it. If something that we do or produces helps you... And we're working on so much right now. Put put it forward, right? And we've got all kinds of other stuff we want to put forward. It needs visibility, and that's how the algorithm works. Listen to this, work. dude. CJ just said this. I haven't what? seen you on Facebook in a while, which proves. Yeah, there you go. We, exactly. we are. And, and, dude, but this isn't just us. There's plenty of other groups and ministries that are getting it, too, so we're not complaining about it. We're just saying if they're not going to get us here, then get us on YouTube. And YouTube's growing. We're excited about that. So <clears throat> we would love to have your, your support. Um, guys, if you have not become a torchbearer yet, please do. It's a monthly sign-up program. You guys can donate from, from, from $20 to $5 million a month. I don't care. Uh, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Right? I don't care. I'll let you do it. Tithe to us. You know, I really started, I talked to a friend of mine about getting into um, estate planning. You know, because yeah. we have some people yeah. who are older. And, and, you know, if you guys want to include us in that, like, please do. Right. And, you know, there's all these new uh, venues that we're helping fundraise with, and because it takes support to do it, and and we love to do this stuff, and we'll continue to do it as long as the Lord blesses it. So, yeah. got a lot of cool things on the horizon, which we don't ask for much. We just need help to fulfill those things, and God will do the rest. So, again, the self evident truth Become a torchbearer, a monthly monthly partner with us. You are helping partner with us reach the nation for Jesus. We're not only doing Christ, we're seeing people set free, healed, delivered. We're seeing them change and transform. And you guys, by your financial support, can help us do that. So again, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Share this with a friend. Get it out there. And we'll see you guys Monday. Love you guys. Have a great weekend.